The two barons turned to go, but Nicholas once again glanced over his shoulder at the girl. He heard his collector of customs and his tide-waiter telling her she was to be fined, and she was arguing with them as if she had the right to. "'Go ahead. I'll meet you at the manor house. I have a matter to attend to first. He strode quickly over the wooden walkway as thunder boomed overhead. The wind picked up, whipping his long cloak behind him. It had just started to rain when he approached them. "'Baron Romney,' said the collector of customs, nodding in a half-bow, "'we were just removing this woman and boy from the docks.' "'Were you?' he answered, seeing that they were not in control of the situation at all. The wind blew the coif loose from the girl's head. She caught it before it hit the ground, her cape opening in the process. Her golden hair came loose, blowing like a maelstrom around her. She was a small wench, the top of her head not even reaching his chin. Her hair was like spun corn silk and hung down to her waist, as was the customary length of hair for women of the time. She wore a sleeveless amber-coloured kirtle laced down the front and belted high on her waist that was long, all the way to the ground. It wasn't the coarse brown material or canvas worn by the peasants. She also had what looked like a fine-spun white, long-sleeved chemise she wore underneath it. This told him she must be of the middle class instead, probably a merchant by the looks of the travel-bag on her shoulder, with the bolt of silk sticking out the top. "'Who are you, and why are you here?' Her head snapped around at his command, and she looked suddenly frightened. Her indigo eyes flashed over to the boy in the cart, and though there were no words exchanged between them, he recognized it as a warning to the boy to stay silent. "'My lord,' she said, curtsying dramatically, her sweet voice like the song of a meadowlark filling the air. The wind picked up a mantle, and it blew in the breeze behind her, reminding him of a noble instead of who she really was. She quickly wound up her hair and replaced her coif, denying him the pleasure of seeing her silky long hair again. We were just leaving. She hurried around to the other side of the cart, giving him a wide berth. Not before you pay your fine, you don't, warned the collector of customs, reaching out and grabbing her by the arm. Let go of me, she said, trying to shake him loose. I didn't sell anything, so I have no need to pay you a customs tax on my goods. The song of the sweet meadowlark had suddenly turned into the sharp cackle of a raven instead. You are being fine not on the goods, but for trying to peddle your wares on the docks, and on a Sunday after the noon hour, no less, the tide-waiter told her. Let her go. Nicholas ordered in a low voice. He didn't like to see any woman treated harshly, no matter if it was the norm for most men to do so. The man dropped her arm, and she hurriedly got into the wagon, settling herself on the wooden seat next to the boy. The rain started pouring down now, bringing with it a cold sting. She hurriedly placed her travel-bag with the silk beneath her mantle, keeping it guarded from the weather. "'What about a fine?' asked the collector. Yes, the fine. Let me see. Nicholas unsheathed his sword from his side, amused when he saw the looks of terror on their faces. Did she and the boy really think he was going to run them through with his blade just for trying to peddle their wares? What have you got here? He used the tip of his sword to push aside the blanket covering the goods in the cart. 
he saw about a dozen closed barrels and more bundles wrapped securely and wedged tightly into the spaces in between. Open them, he instructed his men and stepped aside. As the dockman moved forward to do so, the girl stopped them with her words. Nay, please don't. There is spun wool and bolts of finely woven cloth in there that will be soiled by the rain. Don't tell us what to do, growled the tide-waiter, reaching forward, but Nicholas stopped him. Leave it be, he told the man, sheathing his sword in the process. But, my lord, started the man, but once again Nicholas stopped him. That'll be all, he said, dismissing the men. Aye, my lord, they answered and turned away. The rain fell harder now as he looked back up to the girl. She'd stayed hidden under her coif, and the boy wouldn't make eye contact at all. He had the feeling he'd seen these two before, but he couldn't place them.